Listen, Dad, are mobile suits more important to you than human beings? <sighs> it almost looks like this mobile suit is shaking in terror. It's a mobile suit! Amaro, is that you inside that mobile suit? Let's just see. Let's test the reaction time of your brand new mobile suit. You alone are responsible for the mobile suit now. Is that understood? These are the days when you wish your bed was already made. It's just another mobile suit. Monday. Wish it was Sunday. That's Matt. Tomorrow Ray. I don't have to run It's just another mobile suit. Monday. Amaro Ray Mobile suit In war, to keep the upper hand, you have to think two or three moves ahead of the enemy Hey guys, welcome back to another minorific, oddsomtastic episode of Fanholes Mobile Suit Mondays. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your white base crew tonight, but I'm not alone. I'm joined by two, count them, two of my fellow Fanholes. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight. Hey, it's Mike, and Amaro is the boy without love. <laughs> and this is Justin. Yeah, so we're here tonight to talk about the episode in our chronological coverage of the original Mobile Suit Gundam series, the 18th episode titled Zeon's Secret Mind. And the Japanese air date was on August 4th, 1979. And the English air date was August 14th, 2001. We're, of course, kicking it off, and this is just something I'm going to get into right away. But, you know, for some reason, they're reviewing Amuro, Ryu, and Job John practicing having the core fighter connect with Gundam, you know, kind of like from last time, like as it's deployed from the gun parry. And then they end up narrating, like, Amuro has deserted, and this test would be for the last time and i'm just kind of like well the last time was last episode so like at first like when i was watching this like i don't know if you guys had this feeling but like when i first plugged it in i was like oh shit did i did i click on the wrong yeah. episode yeah and i was about to uh, go was back like, wait a minute i was like yeah. wait i i must have fucked this up i must have pr pressed the wrong episode and then i was like Wait, no, I pressed the right fucking episode. What the fuck is this? And then, you know, and then and then it kind of goes into the, like, continuing narration, basically saying, like, Meanwhile, the white base crew are unaware that Cassilia's ship, the Guazine, departs the moon city of Granada en route to Earth so that she can pay a visit to Makuve, who is mining resources for the war effort. And then it goes into the whole, you know, you know, Xeon Secret Mine or whatever. So, like, I, I did have that kind of, you know, what? But I'm, I'm glad that I'm not, I was not the, the only person or whatever. It is kind of interesting, though, because this is, I mean, we've seen Cassilia Zabi before, right? But this is almost like the first time she's a, a mini boss or something you know what i mean like like the first time they're like like especially in the narration they gave her her own little like title card with the speed lines and all you know what i mean like all that kind of stuff like she's she's really 
featured in this. But then, as as you and I were both discussing the other day, Mike, it's easy to see, like, why this... Like, basically, you know, I, I like to cover, you know, oh, how does this tie into the movies? Like, make comparisons between maybe the movie dub and this. Like, essentially, like, the movie 2 completely skips this entire episode. Like, like basically, from where we left off in the movie 2, like, it jumps immediately to kind of what, you know, most people remember. You know, Amuro and his little desert poncho and, and him burying Gundam in the sand. And they, they don't have this little sort of, you know, side quest or, or side tour or whatever you want to call it, right? So, like, I did think that was kind of interesting, but it's... It's it, it's really easy to see how this episode, since it features Cassilia Zabi and Makuve, like it, it doesn't have any impact on the Rambaral arc. Which you know maybe maybe that's why Tony's not here because he's like fuck this shit. Like there's no um, there's no Rambaral in this shit, right? Yeah, like I like I said, I I mean I was like man I don't rem when I watched it I was like I don't remember this episode at all and I was like oh it's probably because I've only ever seen it once before and it wasn't in the movies which I've probably seen more than the actual series so and yeah I mean it's easy to see why you can get rid of this episode and you don't lose like anything basically I mean it's kind of circular like you know Frobo goes out looking for Amuro. And then that's what she does next episode, too. So, I mean, it's there's really nothing here that is, like, you know, plot essential, really. Did you have strong memories of this episode, Justin? Or did you kind of feel the same as us, where you were kind of, like, watching it, slowly recalling it, but kind of going, oh, man, I barely remembered this episode? The only thing I remember was Amuriel giving the wounded Zeon soldier water at the man. Uh, I was like... Okay, that's the... I was uh, like... Okay. Yeah, yeah I was like... Isn't this the episode where he finds and then he he sees a he sees a soldier laying there? He's like, yeah, he gives him water and he gives him like, I thought he would gave him like a gun or something mm. to like shoot himself. And I was like, oh, that's not a gun. Oh, it's a flare. Oh, okay. So I still like didn't quite get it right in my fuzzy memory. I don't know. Like, there's stuff in this episode I like. I think it yeah, does. Yeah. I think it illustrates two things very clearly. Frabo is great. Shayla is awful and a hypocrite and should be executed. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. I'm, I'm sure we'll get to that. Okay. So so basically I'll, I'll get into sort of what happens, but it's nighttime in an abandoned desert city where Amuro has taken refuge for the evening. We can see the tracks that the Gundam's feet have made in the sand leading to the Gundam covered in some tarps and Amuro in a ramshackle building eating a can of baked beans. When Amuro hears the sound of an aircraft approaching, he grabs his pistol and takes a defensive position. He spies both Makuve and Cassilia in the window of the bridge of the mobile armor called the Max-3 Odzum. We then return to a stationary white base where the crew discuss what will become of Amuro now that he's officially a deserter. Kai suggests that deserters will be executed, and Bright confirms this to the shock of Frau Bo. The next morning, Frau Bo drives off to search for Amuro and tells Kika, Letts, and Katz that this isn't a joyride and they cannot accompany her. She's willing to search for Amuro since Mirai and Ryu have assured her that Amuro won't be punished with the death penalty. Frau Bo quickly comes upon discarded food cans that lead her to the tarped-up Gundam and Amuro. 
Amaro hears Frau's footsteps and slumps down behind a corner with his pistol. To her shock, when she enters the domicile, she hears Amaro cock his pistol and turns to see him pointing it at her. When Frau lets it slip about deserters being executed, Amaro jumps in the Gundam walking away. Frau pursues in her dune buggy. When Amaro gets a reading in Gundam and discovers a large Xeon mining facility, Amaro surveys the area, and then we cut to Makuve and Cassilia discussing the output of the mines. Cassilia sees it as a war over precious resources. Amaro tells Frau to keep it down so they won't be discovered. Amaro sends Frau back to Whiteface to tell them about the mines. I'm gonna take a pause here. Uh, I had a couple things on this, and I figure I'll throw it out to you guys and see what you think, but in my comparisons between the the Ocean Group dub and the Japanese language, the Kika Let's and Cat scene is kind of more amusing to me in the Japanese language, because I think there's this moment where cats is like in the English language version, they're kind of all wondering like, is Amaro, you know, a deserter? Like what's going to happen to Amaro? Are they going to execute him? And I think that in, in its own way kind of gets, you know, disseminated in, you know, between the three kids as well. Like they're, they're having their own kid pontifications about what the adults have all been chattering about. But in the Japanese language version, while that's similar to me, there's this funny bit where Katz is like, don't you know, guys, like Amaro's a VSOP. And they're like, Katz, what the fuck is a VSOP? And, and of course, Katz thinks it means very important person, which is a VIP. But then he thinks to himself, maybe I got it wrong. And of course, if you know what VSOP is, it's usually short for a very special old pail, which is whiskey and not a VIP. So it's, I don't know, funny? It's Japanese humor, you know? Like, I guess. Think Amaro might have sold us out and joined the other side? No way. But who knows? They'd treat him like a hero if he brought them Gundam. He is a deserter, so why not a traitor? Yeah. The way he's been acting, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And then the the question I had was, because I couldn't even figure this out, so I don't know if you guys know or not, but who the hell is the dude who thinks Amaro might have defected to Zeon, the one that was talking to Job John? Because I, I, it's not Marker Clan, and it's not Omar, and it wasn't Job John, because he's talking to Job John. So I'm at a fucking loss. I don't know who that asshole is, but do you guys know who he is? Nope. Okay. Just some ra- rando. Just just rando asshole. Like, okay. like he must have spawned from like the closet of like old people <laughs> that White Base has. It's, it, it, and 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 since he gets cut out of the movie, like then it's like he's completely cut out of the entire saga or something. Yeah, he never we, exists. We, we never we never see him again. Yeah. So then basically, before we cut to commercial break, Amuro decides that he can handle attacking the Zeon mines with Gundam on his own. And then we cut to commercial break. In a city where corruption rules the streets, only one man can stop the serial killer known as the Blood Bandit. James Kurt, a former police officer turned private investigator, must race against the clock to stop the madman before he achieves his ultimate diabolical goal. When J.K.'s brother Alex is thought killed in the line of duty, 
and mysteriously returns with no memory of his past life, the stakes are raised even higher. Enigma, the comic book series from Quad M Productions, written and illustrated by T.J. Damon, with colors and effects by Jason Vickers. Enigma, order your copy at quadmproductions.com today. And then we're back from commercial break, and Frau peels out, and her dune buggy turns into one of these, like, shield flying cars. Makuve and Cassilia flee as Amuro attacks the Xeon Mines in Gundam. Cassilia orders Makuve to send the Odzum after Gundam. Amuro lays waste to the Xeon forces until the Odzum attacks. After Amuro shoots down a small sphere that ejects from the Odzum, a gold powder covers the Gundam, and this power allows for another device to surround Gundam and send electrical currents into the mobile suit. Amuro is now immobile as the Gundam is using 98% of its power just to prevent the Gundam from overheating. I guess in this we learn... Much like Obi-Wan Kenobi, Makuve has the high ground. I was thinking to myself, like, the way those cannons constantly, like, pop up from underground in this mine. Like, it's kind of like Gundam is playing, like, whack-a-mole at Chuck E. Cheese or some shit. Like, where it's, like, things keep popping up and attacking them from the back and everything. And I, I don't know. For some reason, that cage reminds me, maybe Justin will get this, but that, that electric cage that surrounds Gundam kind of reminds me of like the 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 bamboo cage that like Charlton Heston stuck in you know Taylor and oh. Planet of the Apes or whatever okay. and like so that's kind of what I was thinking of when I saw that but that's that's basically what I've I've got on this I mean it's it's interesting like this is I mean there, there's some realism to what's going on right they're trying to defeat the Gundam by overloading it or overtaxing it or what have you and everything so you know I mean, I, I, I thought it was an interesting take on it, but they're, you know, uh, I, as we'll see in a few minutes, they're not entirely successful. But for a moment, it, it really does look like, you know, the Gundam's kind of fucked, at least, uh, you know, for momentarily. Can we go back to the opening scene on the bridge where they yeah. talk about traitors being executed? Like, yeah, yeah. I I watched that in English and then I watched it in Japanese. And I I don't know how your guys' feeling is on this, but like, I can't quite figure out if they're joking around or if they're being serious because if they're joking around it's not doing Frau Bo any good at all like she's completely serious about this like it's totally like upsetting her especially what Shayla says you know all, all jokes aside about Shayla so I don't know if like Kai was trying to be usual snarky like you know, Kai he's an ass but he's their ass like I don't know if he's like just joking around or and and everyone's joining in and trying to like lighten the mood and try to inject some levity in a serious situation, or or are they genuinely like being serious? Like I I can't quite well I mean you know, I put my finger on it. I don't think they're hmm. I don't I don't think they're joking about the regulation, mm -hmm. but uh, I don't know Kai Kai's stirring the you know yeah Kai's, the Kai's just being himself yep. yeah basically. like like Kai's yeah. stirring the pot but I think I think the reaction to Kai stirring the pot is well you know technically you know that's why Bright's kind of like technically Kai's right like if this was the you know if this was not this civilian conscripted you know special crew 
or whatever, like technically, then you know Amuro would be executed, right? Like, and 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 they're just saying that. And I I, I would I, I guess what I would say is Kai stirring the pot. Sayla and Bright are being matter of fact about it. I don't think they're joking. I don't think they. I don't think their intent is to say yes, we're gonna do this too. But I think they're trying to just illustrate if this was anywhere else, it would be done. And then, and then I think you know, I I, I think Mirai's the one, and maybe Ryu are the ones that are closest to your empathy for the situation right with frau Bo, like where yeah where they they see that that being matter of fact with her while kai stirring the pot is not helping her composure and and they kind of swoop into like that that's why mirai is kind of like sayla shut the fuck up like let me talk <laughs> you know what i mean like like yeah. like you're not helping right like let me let me you know because 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 i think I think Mirai kind of innately knows, like, because, you know, it's like that whole, you know, woman behind the man thing. Like, you can tell, like, like Mirai's like, oh, the the way we're going to get Amuro back is have Frau go after her or him. And and we need her to at least feel confident enough that we're not going to execute him when she brings him back. Right. And so that's, I, I, I don't know that that was just kind of my read of the situation. Like, I, I don't know that, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that I saw it as them trying to lighten the mood with levity. I, I think I saw it as certain parties stirring the boat, certain parties being very matter of fact. And then the, the final parties being more, reassuring than anything you know what i mean like like moving from those those different kind of approaches to to sort of calm fraubo down i also kind of thought i was like you know just a few episodes shayla like you stole the gundam and i don't remember anyone talking about executing your ass so be quiet <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah i was just thinking if if this scene had been in the movie and like it, it would, it had been like dubbed, like in it, with the you know the original dub, like how British Bright would like you know say it's like you know, well get him back and serve him a meat pie, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and they'll choke on it. And they'll <laughs> choke on it. Probably like what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I, I think, you know, they're they're all like, you know, like you said, Bright and Sailor are looking at it like realistically, like, well, this is what the regulation is. But, you know, we're, we're not exactly a formal like, you know, a traditional like military unit. So I, like, you know, but I don't think like Faubo like, you know, realizes that they're like, you know, just being, you know, laying out the facts for her like when they're they're not really probably considering it. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. Besides, I mean, if they did get if they did capture Amaro, they just like, you know, they'd put him in front of a like hot lamp or something like they did with Kozum like, <laughs> last episode or something like how many how many cans of how many cans of baked beans have you stolen from Chef uh, Tamora? Like, <laughs> Amaro, we need you to uh, stop being irresponsible and recover the baked beans. Oh, I, I got to say, like, I mostly the one thing I do remember from this episode, or, or or at least the thing that always like you know makes me uh, uh, think to this episode, 
is the Adzum or, you know, whatever that like, you know, mobile or proto like mobile right, armor right. ship thing is, because uh, when you use the Gan in the Extreme Versus series, like in, you know, Makuve's the pilot, he, he one of his moves is he summons like the Adzum to like hover over you and like trap you and stuff so he can like, you know, run up and like swipe at you or whatever. So um, I, I'm when I when I saw that, I was like, oh, so that's where that's from. Like, I, I couldn't remember where it was from but is this like sort of the first sort of like proto like mobile armor we've encountered in the series i can't remember it like it feels like it i mean i like yeah. again it's like yeah, i always say it's tough when you're doing this episodically and as you know frequently i or think it is yeah. but I, I feel like you're right like this is probably the first like, time we've seen something that's an like, actual mobile armor yeah like one of one of the common criticisms of the original series is people say oh like in some bits it gets kind of like monster of the week like for the mm. white face crew and this is kind of one of those like monster of the week episodes where is, it's like do, oh. you, do you guys think that's like a, a kind of like a semi pushback on real robot type stuff like where it's like the you know maybe the studio or whoever you know when they're writing stuff because it's like some of this stuff is very you know again even even what justin was talking about the end sequence with the soldier in the water you know it's all very all quiet on the western front like you know there's good people on both sides and it's a war and you know you, you get to see the the point of view of both sides and all this other stuff. And, you know, there, there's not like, a, you know, like, yeah, you know, with super robots or super sentai or whatever, you know, the bad guys are fucking monsters. You blow them up. That's that's the end of it. Right. Whereas with this, you know, again, it's this real robot thing. Like you, you, you see all these different unique perspectives of humanity and it's just kind of focusing on, you know, you know, war is hell, basically. Right. Like the, these kind of very universal kind of tropes and quotes about about wartime battles and everything like that but kind of what you were talking about like monster of the week you know like the the oddsum feels like you know something that you know i don't know that that um you know some some kind of super robot would have to cut in half you know it's like it's like uh you know you know die turn or you know like uh you know Transor Z or who you know what I mean like whoever right like like that that whole thing where it's like some kind of alien you know super race you know sends the oddsum down to to attack earth or something like that you know and 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 the way the Gundam is captured in this giant like you know net I mean you know when you start to think about it you're like holy fuck like they they had a net for you know for a mobile suit size thing and all this other stuff like it's just you know th there is a sense of escalation with that too right because before you were kind of awed and wowed by mobile suits right like just in general because you're like oh wow these are kind of big things and these these uh you know human beings pilot them and they can they can uh handle the atmosphere in outer space they can be used in ground warfare on planets and all this other stuff and you know you're you're kind of impressed and awed by that but then it does seem like, you know, especially as as Gundam continues, right? Like that's that's kind of like this natural escalation of you know weapons of mass destruction. Like it's not, you know, I mean, unless you're a new type, right? Then then you can have like a Gundam and duck and weave and dodge and do all these cool things, right? But then it seems like 
for for your you know whether it's a new type or like some kind of average joe general or whoever that that has it it's like there's these you know ridiculously like you know just by sheer i don't know brute force or power or you know to 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 overwhelm somebody it's like the more the 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 bigger and badder it is you know the more they're gonna you know make people i don't know just I don't know, just, just overrun them with fear, you know, out of the, you know, sheer size and mass and all this stuff, like try to basically, you know, win the battle before, you know, even the first blow is struck because of how, you know, how ridiculously huge these mobile armors are. I, I can also see why this, like, you know, aside from it not being plot important, like why, you know, they probably cut this episode from the movies because, I don't know, like, it seemed, like, Cecilia and Makuve actually, like, taking to the field and, like, yeah. attacking the Gundam, that seems a little soon for that. Like, yeah. or, I mean, all the zombies, except for maybe Garma, and Garma was, like, you know, the young one who wanted to prove himself. Like, when they take the field, like, that's a big deal. Like, I mean, Dozel doesn't take the field in the original series until, like, you know, Big Zam, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, like, I don't know, Cecilia, like, running around like she's, I don't know, like, friggin' Rita Repulsa or something. Right, just right, kind of, right. like, you yeah. know. And and she's, like, the schemer one. She Like, she wouldn't be the one who, like, got, went on the front lines or whatever. So, I, I don't know. It seems very, like, like even Makuve, he's got that, like, friggin', like, worried expression the entire time he's piloting that thing. Yeah, so, yeah. it's kind of, you know. Well, there, to I, me, I, I, think, I think maybe it's a little bit early installment weirdness and then maybe you know this is just supposition but maybe it's kind of my thinking is maybe it's a little bit you know they're they're wrestling with this whole real robot versus super robot thing and this is one of those episodes that is a little more super than real and so it it one it's easy to excise right because it doesn't it doesn't quite fit the entirety of the theme you know at least in terms of the conflict right and not like not only that, but like Amaro is like spying on them when they're in that little command mm-hmm. post. And like Amaro, like obviously has no qualms about killing these guys. Like he could have sniped Cecilia like right then and there and like probably like, you know, struck a major blow to the Zabi like leadership right then and there if he was so inclined. And it looked like he was inclined because he started attacking the base. I mean, killing a bunch of people on the ground, but mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know, like I feel maybe he, that feels like, like a, you know, a plot fix where it's like, well, if he did that, like the plot wouldn't advance later on or whatever. But well, there's, there's also the aspect that like, I, I know what you're saying, like that, that Cassilia is a schemer and she, she might've been smarter about the whole thing. But then there is that aspect of, I get what you're saying about the whole Rita Repulsa or even to me, it's like Cobra Command, like retreating from you know, the battlefield or something like that. But there is some aspect of schemer in the sense that like Makuve and her are, are, you know, making their getaway, right? Like, and then they make their getaway to the giant mobile armor. So it's like, there, there is some aspect where that maybe that was their, their prep time or their, you know, that that's, that's their scheme is if, if this, if this base 102 as we find out at the end or any other base got taken we've got these you know the backup plan is to get into these big mobile armors and and whoop up on whoever attacks us or something like that 
Meanwhile, Frau Bo has returned to White Base and tells Ryu and the others about Amuro and the Xeon Mines. When Cassilia and Makuve move in for the kill, Amuro deflects their attack with his shield and is finally able to move and use his beam cannon to destroy the electric shock device overhead. Amuro breaks out the Gundam Javelin, Javelin to bring down the Odsum. Cassilia sees the game is over and orders Makuve to destroy the rest of the mines with his men in them, citing national security, which I'm just going to point out is certainly a dated dub reference given what will come a month from now in real time with the dub. Thinking that he's destroyed the base that Federation wanted him to attack on Odessa Day, Amuro gets out of the Gundam and explores the ruins. He descends into the lower level of a half-destroyed building where he discovers that this is just one of many Zeon bases. Climbing out of the rubble, Amuro comes across a wounded Zeon soldier. He retrieves some water from a nearby pipe to give to him and hands him a flare to attract help. As he leaves, the soldier gets Amuro's attention and tells him that if he is the pilot of the mobile suit, then he doesn't have enough lives to keep going soft on the enemy. Amuro thanks the man for his advice and leaves. White Base finally arrives and surveys the smoldering wreckage of the base. Mirai remarks that this mining base wasn't even the Xeon's main base, which causes Ryu to remark that because of this, the enemy will be even more entrenched when the time comes to attack the actual main base. Frau then jumps into the dune buggy and speeds away from White Base with tears in her eyes. And then we've got next episode, Rombaral's attack, who will survive? So that's, that's kind of how this whole thing wraps up. I like the transition of Amuro feeling like he's king shit for like two seconds mm. to, to the, like the realization that this is based like 102 and he kind of this isn't even like the main target that he was thinking it was like no even though he went through this big battle and everything and he fought the mobile armor like it was you know in the end it was kind it, of it, it was, yeah it was chump shit it wasn't yeah. it wasn't as big a deal as he thought yeah I'm always constantly amazed that like. Amuro can just leave the Gundam there unattended and no one tries to like, you know, there's no one lurking around to try and steal it or anything. Do you think, I mean, like, I I know there's some aspect to it where he's the son of Temray and he had the manual and he knew how to operate it because of that. And then there's the aspect where, you know, he's a new type and there's some innate ability, you know, some talent involved in it as well, right? But do you think just any any asshole off the street could come in and pile. Like, in other words, given what we saw with Sela, like, do you think there's somebody who could steal it better than Sela? Like, is that your expectation that if, if, well, either that or, I mean, a, a few, like, a, a couple Zakus could show up and, like, carry it away uh, or something. Just, like yeah, not necessarily that they're going to pilot it, but that they capture it yeah. just for enemy study and all that. Okay. Yeah. 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 I see what you're saying. And I mean, it is kind of brazen of him to, like, you know, get out of it and go into the actual ruins of the base, too. I mean, it could be, like, you know, there could be survivors and stuff, like, so. But, but yeah, again, like, it's all stuff that I see why maybe, you know, in Tamino's mind, oh, this episode is not, does not fit my vision, maybe, like, you know, and that's why most of it is excised. Yeah, this this does seem a little off-center of, of, 
Tomino's vision per se. And then I, I, I do think that the little one-liner about national security is a very Western dated pre nine 11, like snarky reference to stuff, which I think is the, I would have never noticed, but now I just find it like sadly ironic. Do you know what I mean? Like you got some people throwing snark at the uh, national security and only, you know, I mean, cause this is eventually going to come up, so I might as well bring it up now too. But like, this is what, this is released August 14th, 2001. And, and we're going to see, I, I, I don't know when it exactly gets to it, but there's going to be some point where these English dubs stop and that's going to be because 9-11 happens. And then all of a sudden, like everything changes in terms of, you know, what's, I don't know, okay to show on television, or at least what, you know, it, it, it takes a pause at any rate, right? And, 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 you know, some of those episodes eventually get aired either in the middle of the night or, you know, on that whole New Year's Evil thing or whatever, where it, you know, again, the middle of the night, but, you know, some, some you know, not during the day and not during a time where either a kids can see it or b parents can see their kids seeing it and get i don't know incensed or something or what have you so i i, I do think that's um i don't know to me it's 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 something worth addressing the game's over destroy the base before our secrets get out but but we still have several men posted around the area i don't care this is a matter of national security Yes, yes, of course. What do you guys think about how the rest of White Base crew reacts to discovering Amaro's uh, attack or whatever? Because, like, I, I found it interesting in the um, in in the wiki. You know, they they kind of describe it as like the White Base crew's shocked, and I'm like, I I don't know that they're shocked. Like, but I don't know. Do you do you think there is any judgment on part of the White Base crew or not? I think maybe like Bright, I feel like, is just kind of more concerned with getting Amaro and the Gundam back at this point. Yeah, so he's yeah. probably like, this is, you know, this is probably a, not a good move on his part. But like, we've got bigger concerns like at the moment, like we, right, we, we right. can't worry about stuff that hasn't happened yet or, so. or stuff they can't control. Right. I yeah. mean, what's done is done. Right. Whether you. Whether, whether you think Amaro's uh, murdered all the sand people and even the children, or whether you think Amaro is just a soldier doing what he had to do, or a deserter doing something that he thought might get him back in the good graces, or whatever, right? Like, that's... It, it's done. It's not like you can undo it, so... I must say, I have seen, <laughs> I have seen a lot of gifts that spring from this episode, like the Gundam, like Fraubo crashing her little dune buggy and flying uh, out of it, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. or uh, her like the Gundam putting its hand in front of her and he, she like moves the fingers to like look between them. Like I've seen those like gifts before, but maybe maybe those are too goofy for Tamino too, so that's why this was not in there. Do you also think, I mean, uh, maybe maybe this is me, again, it's speculation, but, like, Tamino probably didn't care for all the, 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 the Bandai product placement type stuff, right? And conceivably Gundam Javelin falls into that category, right? Like, that's, that's clearly, like, an add-on to whatever existing models and products they had, right? Like, because, you know, it's, it's, just, it, it, it's, it's basically your first, 
hint of like, oh, and then we're going to have the G fighter and then we're going to have, you know, you know, all these other things, these these kind of ancillary, you know, toys or whatever, you know, ancillary product that that we can get the kids excited about. But but I could see Tamino, you know, rejecting a lot of that, given the whole like, oh, in the novel, it's just, you know, the Gundam's just this kind of, you know mundane bland it's not colorful you know suit it's just it's just a tool of war right but it's not like this shiny cool red white and blue product that like you know kids want to like build as a model and create add-ons for right so maybe maybe there's that aspect to it too which kind of does again move it you know it, it moves that uh barometer a little bit closer to super robot than than real robot, I guess. Well, the only the only other thing I would say is that uh, Amuro needs to go easier on like the Gundams, like weapons and shield and stuff. Because if he's not going back to white base, he ha- he has no replacements for any of that shit. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the old Star Trek Voyager syndrome. If you're treating it seriously, eventually he's going to run out of ammo for the Vulcan cannons and conceivably energy for the beam saber and 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 beam rifle shots and all that stuff but you know again that that might be another uh realistic reason why this was excised so it doesn't look like he you know spent all of his uh what what are they what what do you call it in like the video games like when you're in like what uh silent hill you know he used all the shit in his little box or whatever he's on his little rpg mission or whatever He's like, I need to find an ink ribbon so I can save. That's why he went to that base. Yeah, and, and yep, he's looking for a checkpoint. Yep, he's got to got to pick up some additional ammo from all the dead soldiers that he feeds water. Do you think somebody finds the Zeon guy, or do you think he just dies in the desert? He's dead. He's dead. Okay. I think the white base picked him up and then Bright fed him some pies <laughs> and he died with that. Bright, right, found him in the in the desert and then brought out the fucking hot lamp. <laughs> the hot lamp. It's pretty hot, eh? He's like, I'm in the fucking desert, asshole. <laughs> it's pretty fucking hot already. Mm. All right. If you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can reach us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us angry, angry emails there as well. And we are over on our blogspot, fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. You can direct download all the backlog of episodes for Mobile Suit Mondays, which not only includes our continuing coverage of mobile suit gundam but we cover other gundam series and specials from time to time so of course you can check out all the episodes there and we can be found on all kinds of streaming we're on apple podcasts we're on stitcher radio google play spotify and amazon music so until the next time this is going to be derek derek wc signing off Hey, Mike, signing off. And this is just a zig zion.
Try to put Amuro in jail. He'd launch an attack on White Base with Gundam. Why would he attack White Base? Don't you know anything? 'Cause everybody on White Base would be his enemy, oh. including us. Huh? 